Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. And to kick off the podcast today, I hope everyone had an amazing Christmas out there. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas weekend, long Christmas weekend, as the markets were closed on Friday. And so hope you had a, a great time spending it with family and a, a special thank you as well to all of our listeners and subscribers out there who re- reached out uh, to wish us a Merry Christmas as well. So thank you from all of us in the Heritage household here. Uh, we greatly appreciate it and hope that you have a wonderful week leading up to the new year. Hard to believe that 2022 is already upon us. Uh, I've got a few, few comments on that here as well today, but to kick off the week this week, the market continued to give out some gifts on this first day of the Santa Claus rally. Uh, if you remember here, we talked about this a lot over the last few weeks. The Santa Claus rally, a lot of people misconstrue this, think that it, you know it's leading up to Christmas and then it's over. But it is actually, it begins today, the day after Christmas, the first trading day after Christmas and the last five trading days of the year, and it continues into the first two trading days of the following year. That is, that seven-day period is historically the best seven-day period to be in the markets uh, with our major indexes actually average, I I think the average is somewhere around 1.4% over that seven-day period. Uh, And it may not sound like a lot, but remember, that's consistently... That's the average going back to, I believe it was 1924 or so. So that is the best seven-day stretch consistently for our markets. And we got most of those gains today in a lot of our major indexes. And I'll get to that here in a second as well. But like I said, as we head into a new year, we've got a lot to think about. Obviously, we have a lot to be grateful for, especially those of us uh, living in the United States so many blessings here to count, especially Texas and Florida. I might, I might be a little biased there, but I say that because as we enter what is completing the second year of coronavirus insanity and entering the third year of it, I think we can all agree that it's time to leave this madness behind. We can no longer comply and be complicit in any way with the tyrannical actions of governments across the globe, not just here in the United States or really even the West like we've seen in Canada, but in in Europe, uh, in, I mean, really all over the world. I would love to say China as well, but I think that that's a whole different beast to tackle in a different way. But as you know, if you tuned in with Here's First a while, we've been saying for months that coronavirus insanity is over. It is ending. And while we've certainly lived our lives in that manner, it has not stopped governments from continuously trying to implement these draconian measures, these authoritarian measures against their own citizens, supposedly in the name of health. Now, like I said, being in Texas, it can be easy sometimes for us to forget that this is taking place elsewhere in the world because we've been back to normal here I mean really for all of 2021 uh fully back open I remember New Year's last year 
You go out, no mask, bars were packed. I mean, you know, to think that there are in other states in the same country that they're canceling Christmases with their families and people in Texas are going out to bars and standing in lines. Uh, while in New York, the only people standing in lines are for coronavirus testing. I mean, that totally different mindset is so foreign to me here that it's hard to, to remember sometimes that that's not the case everywhere. Uh, but it's an important reminder here is, you know, talking to family and friends here in Texas, they're back home for the holidays to hear about what's happening in their states, in their countries, got a few friends who, you know, live in Europe and the things that they talk about and what it's like to live there right now, just, oh my gosh, it's, it's unbelievable. The stories we've heard from people out of Canada, friends and clients. I, I mean, I'm sure it's different depending, just like there are states here. I'm sure it's different in all the provinces. Uh, but we've been hearing from sources that if you don't have your booster shot, you're not allowed out of your province, not allowed out of your country with almost no exemptions for people with actual medical conditions that stop them from getting the vaccine. No exemptions for religious exemptions. Uh, that is madness. That is authoritarian to the max. I mean, wow. Unbelievable. You're basically living in a very large jail cell at that point. And that's an extreme view there. You know, it's meant to be so because that's really what it is if you, if you zoom out and look at it. And just two years ago when this all began, we were called conspiracy theorists, as we have been a lot over the last 20 months now, uh, for claiming that something like that was even possible. We said it then, two weeks to slow the spread would never stay that. We said it right when they announced it, you know, but nobody knew what this was back then. So, uh, uh, you know, we weren't, you know, completely gung ho. I mean, we were very against it here, no doubt, but you know, we're still figuring out what it was now that we know almost two years later that even without vaccines, the survival rate for this is 99.8% for Almost the entire population, once you go below 55, it's 99.9%. But these conspiracies that we've talked about, whether it was mask mandates, vaccine mandates, travel mandates, those were all things that we were called conspiracy theorists for that have now come true. And what's so surprising about this is that there's actually people who still support these things. Despite the fact that the goalposts get moved over and over again by government. So who has not realized this yet? Who has not woken up to this? And it really has never been clearer that the government doesn't care about your health. They care about your compliance here. And I think a lot of people realize that for a lot of people on the liberal side, this is the best thing that has ever happened to them, you know? didn't lead extraordinarily meaningful lives. And so just by staying at home, they can feel like they're, they're virtuous, right? By wearing a mask, you're virtue signaling. By getting your vaccine, you're virtue signaling. I'm not saying everybody did it for that reason, but those in charge who now have this newfound power are so grateful that coronavirus happened. They never want this to end. This is the best thing that's happened to the likes of Anthony Fauci and people like that. So again, it's not about your health. It's about your compliance. And, and I bring up Fauci here. Good timing, actually. Uh, just a couple hours ago, 
Fauci the fraud said that the U.S. should consider a vaccine mandate for domestic air travel in the United States. Uh, It's unbelievable that we're still talking about this, but he didn't even say that it was to slow the spread. He went straight to the draconian measure that didn't even mention the spread, just said it would help drive up the lagging vaccination rate in the United States. Do you see where I'm going with this? Again, it's not about your health. It's about compliance. Like I said with Canada, it doesn't matter if you have previous medical conditions that forbid you from getting the vaccine or make you hesitant to get the vaccine because you're not sure how it's going to interact with you know, your current medications or current um, comorbidities that you may have. This is about compliance. That's it, period. Uh, is I mean... Unbelievable. And now, just in a few days here, at the beginning of the new year, we have the Supreme Court will hear some of the cases behind these mandates. Uh, and a lot of serious scholars who we follow here and trust think that these, <laughs> these will be shot down, right? That none of the, I believe they're looking at three, none of those will go through. But that's not going to stop them from continuing to try. You know, if those fail, then maybe they'll go for the domestic air travel one. So that's the worry here. Kind of like leading up to Christmas, the worry was that, you know, either the EU was going to lock down or Britain was going to lock down. Or when Biden announced, I believe it was on the 23rd, you know, said that he was going to have a major announcement. And really, it was just more of the same. But markets freaked out about that kind of thing. We have to remember, you know, the major hubs for the markets are in New York. And now it's increasingly becoming Florida, but it's also California. Where are the two most freaked out places in the United States right now? New York and California. So you have to know that the fear that we're seeing does have an impact for the market, even if we're living our lives exactly like we want to. So back to my main point here. As we head into 2022, I think it's time for us all to make a resolution together to put an end to this tyranny. It's time to stop complying with these fascists, true fascists, not like they like to throw around the term, these true authoritarians, we have to call them out and put an end to it in 2022. Let this be the year that this stops. And not only that this stops and people quit complying with these mandates, but start demanding answers from these unelected bureaucrats like Anthony Fauci, who's the highest paid government employee, despite never being elected to a position, and start having Nuremberg-esque trials for people like Fauci and the others responsible for this madness. The CEOs of Pfizer, the CEO of Moderna, you know, these companies that have some of the biggest fines ever for bribing doctors, for manipulating data, and yet we trust them when they have pure impunity to any adverse reactions that somebody has with their vaccine. Uh, Now, that's not to say that they are going to try to pull out some new stops in 2022, just like they did this year with Delta and now with Omicron. We have to be aware of those things. And I'll, I'll, I'll stop there and I won't put my conspiracy hat on just yet, but it does feel a lot like our permanent ruling class could have something up their sleeve for 2022. Or, you know, maybe not. Maybe it will be like we saw in 2001 after 
we had eight, nine years or six years of, you know, relative calm afterwards. Then we had the financial crisis. Then we had a little period of relative calm there as well. Then you had the 2016 election, which divided our country immensely, leading up to coronavirus insanity. So the pattern has been there's usually a few year break in there uh, before the next measure where they come in and try and infringe on your rights a little further. Right. 2001 was the Patriot Act. 2007 was banking the banks getting bailed out at the cost of the taxpayer. And now coronavirus insanity, obviously, with draconian lockdowns. What's the next step that they want to take? But like I said, we'll leave that at speculation for right now on today's podcast, at least. Uh, but, you know, it was good good to see today the market doing well. Because when if they do start to go for something like that, we'll likely start to see the effects of it hitting the market first, or at least earlier on. But today... We got another round of all-time highs today. We got a number of sectors hitting all-time highs. And the S&P 500 hitting its 69th all-time high of 2021. Now, we only have four trading days left in the year. So we will come up short from the record of 1995 where we had 77 all-time highs that year. So we'll take second, though. Second is still a pretty good one, especially when you have roughly 27% in gains for the S&P this year. But this is what is really interesting. You might think that after a great year like this for the market, maybe you're due for a little bit of a pause. Well, we know what happened in the late 90s. That certainly wasn't the case. After a massive 1995 that was up something like 33%, the next three years weren't quite as big. But they were all up, 96, 97, 98, all up between 20 and 30%. The average gain, actually, for that four-year period was 23% for the S&P 500. Uh, so, or sorry, I think it was actually a little bit higher than that. It was 26%. So, that's what we could be looking forward to here uh, in the next few years for the S&P 500. As you know, that fits perfectly in line with what we've been saying for all year now, where we've placed our price target on the Dow of 100000 by 2026, right? We talked about this here often, the big bribe to keep this government tyranny alive, right? Because if you're at home, you're making money in the stock market, your retirement portfolio is looking good, you're much more likely to go along with these, these draconian measures that they're going with here. So our view remains unchanged. We're in the early innings of a new bull market here. Remember, we aren't even two years into this bull market yet. That would be March, really April, uh, once we got out of the coronavirus insanity sell-off. Bull markets, on average, last four to six years. So we're still in the early innings of this one, as we see it. The last bull market lasted nine years. So that's what we're looking for here. Again, we remain very bullish overall for this market. So let's take a look at our market action on the day today. Today actually marks the fourth day in a row that we've seen strong, smart money hours here where we finish at or near the highs of the day. No different from today's session. That's what you want to see the market finishing at the highs of the day. It's a great signal. It tells you smart money is buying into the close and we got it today. All of our major indexes finishing at or near their highs of the day today. We were led by the NASDAQ up 1.39% to 15,871. We were followed there by the S&P 500 up 1.38% to 4,791. Next up 
was the Dow, or like I said, the S&P, that's an all-time high as well. The Dow up just less than 1% at 36,302. And lastly, the Russell 2000 up 0.89% to 2,261. Looking at our internals on the day-to-day, the readings weren't bad per se, but on like a day like today where you get an all-time high, you got all three of our major indexes finishing at their highs of the day, you'd want to see stronger internals. And they were pretty good for the NYSE, but it was interesting that the NASDAQ had weaker numbers today, despite the fact that the NASDAQ led most of the session today. So let's take a look at these. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks for the NYSE, roughly two to one positive, but much closer on the NASDAQ. We were able to pull out a positive number, but narrowly there. New 52-week highs to lows came in just under 3 to 1 positive for the NYSE, but actually came back negative for the NASDAQ today. And after the sell-off that we saw leading up to the last week or so, this can be a lagging indicator, so we may be seeing a little bit of that, uh, but still, that's a metric we want to see improve now. And lastly, volume, pretty light today, about what you'd expect on a holiday week like this. NYSE did come in positive, just under two to one positive. But again, just like advanced decline, much closer on the NASDAQ, just barely finishing positive by the end of the day. So no real, I would say, red flags from that. Certainly some yellow flags that we want to see these numbers improve uh, as we see our market heading higher from here. That'd be much better to see as we head into a new year. Looking at our sectors on the day-to-day, we finished with all 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day-to-day. We were led by energy. Oil had a good day, followed there by tech, which also hit an all-time high today from the technology ETF. And even better, we got semis leading the way, just shy of an all-time high for the semis. Or Actually, let me check one more uh, index here. Oh, that is an all-time high from the S&P. So on SOX, the Semiconductor Index, that is an all-time high. On SMH, the Semiconductor ETF, just shy of an all-time high today. But still, leading tech. We had the semis up 2.72%, while the tech sector was up 2.17%. So good to see semis leading the way today. Next up, real estate, also an all-time high, followed by materials, industrials, and healthcare, which hit an all-time high today as well. That wraps up the all-time highs, but we did our lagging indicators, if you want to call them that, still finish higher, were utilities and consumer discretionary. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch, gold, now pretty much flat on the day, up 0.02% to 1,812 an ounce. Silver, now up 0.69% to $23.09 an ounce. Copper, up a nice 1.76% to $4.47 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, having a strong day, up 2.75% to $75.82 a barrel. Finally for today, Bitcoin up nicely as well, now up 1.84% holding on nicely above 50,000 a Bitcoin at 51,211 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.